Cave Comedy Radio is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Input the code CCR at checkout for discounts. Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, yeah I lost my family, I lost my house. And um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. You've got multiple be- beverages again? Mm-hmm. Well, at least it's not just four of the same <laughs> beverage. It's not just four tiny water cups <laughs> like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. Everybody, I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski, and today I've got one big water cup. Thank you very much. <laughs> like a big girl? I'm a big girl now. <laughs> Mommy puts it in a big cup. <laughs> well, I'm in a good mood today. Me too, man. Yeah. I'm feeling fucking awesome. Yeah. For the first time in in a while, I'm in a pretty fucking good mood, man. Hell yeah. And, and I can I can owe it to some, I can owe it to uh a, a talk that me and the lady had last night. And yeah. it's a talk that we had had before in kind of a uh I would say a technique that we've talked about before, that's something that we both need to do. It's the importance of a fucking reset button. Yeah. Man. On your mind and on your day. Uh, and especially like waking up in the morning and just, in fact, she said that what she's going to do is she's going to make us a reset button, like a physical reset button on the, like that's on the way out of our apartment, Actually, like on the door, if just to have just that, fucking slap it. Or if you have it, or if you have like a checklist underneath it, that says Marcus and says Nikita and you have to check it. Look at the reset button. Check it off every morning before you leave because then you have to look at it. And then the other one knows if you didn't check it off. <laughs> that's it's a like you, then you have to look at it. That is a great idea. There you go. Thank like, you. That's, that's fucking awesome because I feel like you know people in relationships, like when you both have kind of like head problems, mm-hmm. like hers aren't anywhere near as bad as I am. But we've all got our problems and we've all got our things and we both have to keep each other in check uh, with our respective, uh, I guess, uh, conditions. There you go. Uh, and something like that I think would be like pretty fucking awesome. It's like, hey, you didn't check. Yeah, and, exactly. And she said that she used to have something kind of similar with her brother uh, where they would just text each other a number every day, like out of 10. How you feeling today? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she texts like seven or two. Well, especially like, like what, what I was thinking like, when I had said a few weeks back, talking about thinking every morning of five things that made you feel good about humanity. Mm-hmm. Like also it's like things like that that you do every morning that reset you, not just so much a button, but just like things that you can think about. Or I like communicating with someone like that text mm. thing. That's a great fucking idea. Yeah. Because then it makes you aware of how you're feeling and trying to communicate it in another way to another human being. Yeah, exactly. And that's really important because 
most people don't check in. I find myself by the time I get to work and if I'm in a certain headspace, it's like on the way to work, I try to take that and like think about I'm like, okay, how am I feeling? How am I doing? Jackie, are you doing okay? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing okay. And then you go through the things, it's not doing okay. And I try to do that so that by the time I get to work, I'm a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Also, I get to work at like 630 in the morning. So it's hard to be a normal human being anyway. <laughs> but it's just at least, it's just also talking to yourself. See, I find that I talk to myself and check in with myself too much. Well, yeah. I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I love you so much, but goddamn, you got to stop thinking about things sometimes. You got to stop. You got to let it go. I know, man, and that's what the fucking reset button is all about. Exactly. It's all about like resetting, just being like, nope, not going to think, you know, I'm not going to just constantly be obsessed with me and with her and how we're feeling and how we're doing and how she's feeling when she's not with me and how I'm feeling when I'm not with her. And it's like, because we've got like a very strong connection with each other. Mm-hmm. It's like we can feel each other across the fucking city in New York and know when there's something going on with the other one. Right. Uh, and, but I think I think about that too much. And I've, you know, been told uh, by my therapist uh, <laughs> that, you know, I need to check out sometimes of the relationship you know i need to check out i need to not necessarily sever the connection or anything like that but i just need because when you don't check out you're never alone exactly like and everyone needs alone time yeah everyone needs that time by themselves to just kind of decompress and deal with their own shit or not even deal with your own shit just fucking tune out man just fucking turn it off or you know put it into something constructive uh because she's doing it with her i'm so jealous what she does with her free time like uh, because she uh you know like uh night before last it's like oh what'd you do last night she's like oh you know it's like i went on the youtube vi- on a youtube video and i figured out how to invert chord structures on jazz scales and how to turn minor chords into major <laughs> chords and you know and it was really helpful you know i think i really got something going on the guitar that i'm really proud of and she's like what'd you do I was like, oh, I watched five episodes of Law and Order SVU. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. But also at the same time, it's also a level of busyness that I think that does impede relationships sometimes where it's same thing with like being able to check out and shut off where it's like I find myself I go all day thing to thing to thing to thing to thing that by the time I'm home I need that I need to watch five episodes of Law and Order SVU and that's just how I am yeah me too and you can't you can't just like try and learn something creative but then you do creative other things it's not like you're not still creative but it's I mean it's definitely something to be jealous of I have the same thing with Doug Doug's like trying to figure out how to do the track and doing all these like recording things and he shows me this stuff I'm like I don't care can we just put on Duck Dynasty I want to watch Duck Dynasty <laughs> but you have uh, to care you have to listen you have to care of course of course and her music is amazing yeah. she's got uh, I don't know I don't think you've ever heard her voice but her voice is absolutely beautiful like she wrote she fucking played me a country song that she wrote in Hebrew the other day oh that's right and yeah it's ju- and just like she told me about that god damn it like that's so beautiful. That's I love you. I love it. You. That's what you do with your free time, and I'm just gonna go masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure she does plenty of that as well. <laughs> she does it in between. Of course, of course. Yes, what they what they call uh, masturbocrastination. Ooh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I like that too. You're like, oh, I need to get to do this thing. It's like, yeah, hey, maybe I'll masturbate. Just masturbate real fast. Yeah. <laughs> Women don't really have that uh, nicety with us because you got to take time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need some time. It's not just like a bing bing bonk. Oh, I feel great. <laughs> I fucking wish. Yeah, it's I, not how it goes. I can do like a fucking like five minute 
and then I'm done. Five minutes. That's a while. A while? Isn't it? Well, you got not really. I guess. I just in my head I feel like it's so instantaneous for men. What you feel like what is it, thirty seconds? Yeah. It's like in and out. <laughs> not for me. Some right. you know, some guys, yeah, it's a two, three minute deal uh, or a uh, two, three minute thing, but for me, yeah, it's like five minutes or oh, so. That's good. Yeah. Really take the time. Yeah, I, I mean I treat myself well. Because <laughs> I mean, you gotta get out the flashlight and you gotta make sure that you it's do clean. All of it. And you gotta you know, just get going with it. I always thought it was interesting, like I heard guys that would sit on their left hand to like make it kind of feel numb and yeah. weird, like it's out of their body, and then jerk off with it. I thought that's interesting. That is, it's a weird one. They call it the stranger. The stranger. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I would be weirded out by that. Like I've had my hand fall asleep, and I can't imagine trying to like poke at it. Yeah, I know. I don't like it when my hand falls asleep. No, it, feels it hurts. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> It's see. I think it's one of those things that guys say they do, but no one Don't really does do it. it. Like I think it's just a fun idea. Yeah. Uh, if there's anybody out there who does the stranger, write into us at cavecomedyradio at gmail dot com. Give us the pros and cons. I'm yeah. interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But speaking of letting things go, you got you got something going on at work right now. Yeah, I do. I I, I work in a very uh, small environment. And um, there's only a few people that work there. And there's two people in particular that have, like, crazy sexual chemistry that have never done anything about it, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's it's nothing, like, out of the ordinary. It's just, you know, you're in that closest space. Of course, something like that's going to happen. I was in that closest space. Yes. Like, that did kind of <laughs> happen. And it just happens. <laughs> like, you just find yourself, especially if you're both single and it's just something, you know, you're always talking about, like, oh, I like that guy. And he's like, oh, which guy? <laughs> that guy? Nah, nah. Which is funny because I feel like you still kind of act like you're 12 in those kind of situations. And since you're in such a small place it's like making fun of the other one Mm -hmm. yeah making fun of you and um they had a falling out about a week and a half ago oh really because she was very mean to him for no reason it's just because she can't sleep with him pretty Mm -hmm. much Uh, it's what it seems like and he's very emotional he's a very emotional person and so instead of like she's tried to apologize tried to do all these things and he has completely shut her out and like pretends that she doesn't exist wow so what do you do in such a small environment when he just won't let it go there's nothing that anyone i haven't actually gotten involved i'm i'm a manager i feel like maybe i should but they're also my friends yeah so i don't know if i should you know talk to him I've talked to her, but I haven't talked to him, and he's very adamant about it. That he's to a just point done. that he might quit. Really? Yeah. What the fuck did she do? She she was like something that came in with like a new idea of how to do something in the shop, like making coffee, of how mm-hmm. to like do it faster. And she's like, no one likes your ideas. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get out. Because he was in there getting coffee on his day off. And she's like, no one even wants you fucking in here on your day off. Why don't you just fucking leave? Because she was in a bad mood. Obviously. Yeah, I could see her doing that. And now there's, she can't do anything to make him better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to stop it. I don't know. I can kind of see where he's coming from. I can completely see. Because especially, <laughs> like, in, like again, like, we're around those people so often. And, of course, that kind of stuff happens. Even in any group, that kind of thing happens. But it's so hard when you're watching it from the outside where I'm like, just let it go. Mm-hmm. But I've been in that situation before. I've definitely held grudges because someone really hurt me. Even if it's something flippant like that. I mean, Ben Kissel... 
the last time he called me fat, which he does often, but <laughs> it's usually in a manner that I can get over it. Yeah. But he did it in front of a bunch of people, and I got mad. You were mad for days. I was mad for days. Yeah. And there's just something about that where you go back into your child self that it just like affects you so deeply and it's so hard to get over and when people tell you just get over it and you're like fuck you yeah that's one of the things that's hardest to deal with and the hardest to let go is when something i know with me it's the exact same way when something reaches into the little kid inside of me and hurts that it hurts the most vulnerable part the shit that you know really fucked with you the most when you were a kid it when that gets hurt that's the hardest thing to get over uh, Actually, I just realized that that's what happened. That's exactly what it is, is that he's the kind of guy that's always looking for ways to help and make things easier. And, and mm. you could tell that's actually probably something that he did when he was a kid, too. Yeah. And I just actually realized that. <laughs> yeah. that that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and his that's fucking kid got hurt. A way to go about speaking to him, too, and saying, like, I understand that's something that's vulnerable to you. However... We got to be adults. Yeah. You know, we have to go to work and it just makes all of us uncomfortable. That's the problem with uh, getting that kid hurt because it's the it's the one thing that's, you know, that really goes into your core and just like twists it. And it's just so hard to get that untwisted again. Oh, yeah. Uh, and but it does help to have someone on the outside come in and say, look, look, I understand what happened. This sucks. But. Come on, man. Yeah. And we all have to do that. We all have to get over that. And it's hard for me to get over When that happens to me. What kind it, of thing makes you kid hurt? Uh, I think the kind of thing that makes me feel kid hurt is being condescended to. Mm. Uh, almost like the same. If that would have happened to me, I would probably be kind of the same way. Yeah. Like that like, sort of uh, like you suck. Get out of here. Nobody wants you here. Uh, that would fucking kill me to the core being condescended to uh i would say being betrayed in any way like if say like a, a friend uh were to i don't know say one thing and do another uh or, or talk about you behind your back talk about you behind my back like that's the type of thing you know probably you know it's kind of the same shit that most people have yeah. you know uh but i would say being condescended to and being told nobody wants you here that would be the type of thing that would like really really, really fuck with me uh and also another thing that gets me like kid hurt is my entire life people have found it hilarious when i get angry uh, oh man I, someone laughing at me when i'm angry it's the worst it's the absolute fucking worst and especially if someone like just fucking keeps going with it and keeps mm. going with it it's just like i am going to murder you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't stop right now then God. but it's only when it's like not like angry angry because angry angry is fucking terrifying yes uh but just like annoyed like what the fuck man just stop it like <laughs> see you're laughing, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and this is a play scenario. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but something like that, that really just fucking gets me so hard. I actually had that at work the other day because, you know, my anger issues and um, I chop fruit sometimes at work and I had had two like huge things of pears that took me a really long time to chop and I was bringing them in and this girl came in behind me and she and there was a box in front of my feet and I didn't realize and I tripped over it and I dropped them and they all went oh. all over the floor and like you know I feel the rage and she starts to laugh and she was just like she's like sorry she's like I guess you have to do them all over again mm. and I was just like I literally turned around one of my other co-workers like, like 
kicked her out because she saw the look on my face of like, <laughs> if you don't get away, like I thought I was gonna hit her, like for a like flash of me, I was just like, I almost just punched her right in the face. Yeah, it's like, well, that would be very bad, and mm-hmm. like it was great that someone else overheard everything that had happened, shuffled her out of there, so I'm, like just left me by myself, yeah. so I could have like five minutes, just like fucking <laughs> fuck you. Stupid son. <laughs> was like, she a tall Italian girl with long hair? Um, no, short Italian girl with long hair. Okay, because <laughs> when you said that, there was, there's a uh, an ex girlfriend of mine that comes into the blue stove a lot. Uh, um, and when you uh, mentioned when you said that, and uh, like the way she says, like God damn it, I bet that's totally Francesca. Oh no! Like, oh know. her? No no no! I know her. No not her. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's totally <laughs> the type of shit she would do and so say. Mad. Like, God damn it. <laughs> mm. All right, well, you want to get into our uh, letters for today? Yeah, let's do. Now, now that we're all both, now I'm that juiced. we're both fucking, now yeah. I'm yeah, now I'm like half pissed. <laughs> Sometimes just thinking about anger, man, can just like I feel it in my fingertips. <laughs> really sad, especially when you get me all juiced on caffeine, like when I'm at work. Oh God, I'm ready to punch anything. <laughs> Well, let, let's read. Let's just uh, kind of read like fan mail, something like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's start with some fan mail. Uh, it says, uh, "I hope what I'm about to say makes sense because I'm a tad emotional after listening to a bunch of episodes back to back. Not recommended. <laughs> I would say the not recommended part comes from me. Take them one at a time. Oh, especially last week's episode. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I mean, that's you know that's part of what she's uh, talking about. But before we get to that, first, thank you for discussing mental illness, even though I read. Recently graduated with a master's degree fighting cancer in a damned hospitalization in the middle of it. Fuck. I still get bad depress- de- de- bad bouts of depression despite the medication. Which it also, you are fucking amazing, yeah, by the way. My <laughs> God. So this whole email after I read it, I was just like, God, I suck. I'm yeah. just like a piece <laughs> of fucking shit. Yeah. It is refreshing to hear what I already know to be true, but sometimes really need to hear from other people who are not in the same field as I am. Social work. God damn it. That's, I mean, you're just, just such a just good person. It's getting better and better. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have fought through crippling social anxiety when I was a kid diagnosed with ADHD and put on Ritalin, worst medication ever, to be considered a top-notch addiction specialist social worker for older adults with co-occurring mental illnesses with a great amount of confidence, only to have the crippling self-doubt come out and knock me on my ass. I fight with it every day, but I feel that dealing with depression helps me empathize with my clients much better. God damn right it does. Yeah, it really does. Like I went to uh, high school. I grew up with a girl that I've known since I was I'd known her since I was three, uh, and she kind of grew up having a pretty like tough life, like battles with addiction and shit like that. Like she yeah. got pretty hardcore into uh, certain kinds of like drugs and alcohol and just uh, generally general bad shit. Uh, but she fucking cleaned herself up. She got her master's in social work, and now she's a fucking fantastic social worker and she does that and she's so good at that because she did it she was in it that's like, she I was mean, in the fucking trenches of that shit th- those are those kinds of people are such complete role models because it is hard to pick yourself up and take yourself out of that shit mm-hmm. i mean you know i've seen a few people that are still in that shit and so if they could just pull pull it together can you just pull it together and you'd be wonderful and you'd be great and you could soar it's like i know you're smart and i know that you're a good person but especially pulling out of addiction mm-hmm. uh, that's it's it's just 
unreal. Yeah. I mean, and I've, I mean, the only hardcore addiction I have is cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, but well, I had amphetamines for a long time, but Ooh. that was... Well, I knew you. So you would consider it was a pretty hardcore addiction? I would say it was about three years. Uh, I mean, that's how I lost all of the weight that I... I mean, I lost like 170 pounds in three years. God damn. Which is... Not and I wasn't doing. I just wasn't eating. You and lost I, me and then some. Yes, <laughs> and of course I've gained some of that back. But that, but at least, but it's like kicking it. I mean, I didn't have to. It wasn't to a point of like me going into a rehab. Like I was never at that point. Mm. But I was definitely. It was bad God, for a hey. long time. Mm. Well, you're out of it now. Yeah. Yeah, fucking a. But I'm not. I'm not helping. I'm not. I'm not a social worker. That's for sure. It's Jesus just Christ. It, it's just. It's so amazing to hear those kinds of stories and just in being able to at least tell other people like you can do this. Mm-hmm. And to be able to fuck. Yeah, you're doing great. Just fucking keep going. Like to continue the letter. I do want to make sure I make this point in the episode all worked up, which was the last episode about Silver Linings Playbook. We were all worked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys discussed how terrified you are about the genetics going to your children and how it seems that more and more people are being diagnosed. I believe I can safely say, especially with my experience from working with older adults ages 55 and up, with mental disorders ranging from schizophrenia, bipolar, mental retardation, in addition to schizophrenia and bipolar, Fuck! God damn it. What is that like? Yeah, I can't. I don't know. (laughs) These disorders have always existed, but we don't really know the true numbers because mental illness is just now becoming more normal and that people are starting to recognize it as something that can be treated and people live a normal life. I've encountered so many people who are kept secret from the rest of the family due to their mental illness. There are several people who have lived in state hospitals ever since they were children, which with several of those closing really is not helpful as back then. Their goal was to keep these people separate from normal society rather than teach them how to function in society. I strongly believe if we continue to educate people on mental illness, try to normalize it, and actually help people rather than trying to hide them away, then the next generation who might have to deal with this shit might have it a little easier, especially if they feel they help people especially if they feel they can talk to people about it this is one of the things that i struggle with some of my clients is getting them to feel comfortable talking about what is going on in their head i have one guy who luckily trusts me enough to tell me about the voices in his head that tell him to jump off a building and to kill but he won't talk to his group home aides when he really gets to him because he is still afraid of being sent to the loony bin I fear I've rambled for far too long. Basically, thank you for doing this podcast. I know it is not likely the most easy one due to the heavy material, but it helps. It really does. Thank you so much for writing this in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gives me chills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like chills somebody right that does this shit, like, we are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what we do is absolutely fucking nothing compared to what to what you do like we're just no. fucking gabbing You're- but at least i mean but, but what i love is that she believes in the fact of us talking about it yeah and like really you know talking about things that we're actually dealing with rather than just keeping them away i mean that's why my grandmother is as, as insane as she was because mm-hmm. her husband my grandfather would never like she didn't know how to drive she was never allowed to like even wear pants. She wasn't allowed to go to any of the functions that he went to or anything because he was a big wig in Pepsi and Pan Am and like so he was always going to all these things and she wasn't allowed to go. She just had to stay home and she was insane. He yeah. didn't want people to come over to the house. He didn't want people to meet her. And so she was there with the kids and just was terrible. So instead of getting her help, they just isolated her. Right. I mean, she's also, you know, in her 80s. That was exactly what 
uh, our writer was talking about. It's just that was the time. Yeah. They didn't want to acknowledge it. But she's severely bipolar and she has like she's got hysterics. Mm-hmm. You know, she's completely maladjusted. And at this point, it's only gotten worse and worse and worse and worse because it was never controlled at all and never talked about. Yeah. My grandma, you know, God rest her soul. She wasn't diagnosed, and she was also severely bipolar, and she wasn't diagnosed with it until she was, I think, in her 70s. Uh, and they put her on medication in her 70s, but by that time, it was it was too late. Yeah. Like, she was already, her head had already been so, her. I think her psyche had already been so damaged by that point. You're completely scarred because you feel that way, yeah, you I mean, know? She just, at around that time, like, she, she broke her hip, and that was around the time that she just started going... On a downhill sp- spiral, yeah. and she also she struggled with alcoholism her whole life, uh, as a lot of people bipolar disorder do. Yeah. Uh, and by the time they started putting her on medication, it was just too late, you know. And when they could have got her help years and years before, everyone was just not dealing with it, right. you know. And I think it was when they finally started dealing it with her was when other people in my family started to manifest very severe symptoms of mental illness. And that's when they kind of started to look at her and they were like, oh, that's what's been going on for right. the last 70 fucking years. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was just <laughs> one of those things where people don't, uh, like for the longest time, people just completely ignored it. And didn't like, and I can't believe they just squirreled your grandmother away. Yeah, that's uh, that is to me is just insane. But also, it goes to show that like through generational differences, that my mom had to deal with that. So now, although she's also you know a little crazy, mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about that before, but she can acknowledge it. She's aware of it, and she openly talks about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference, you know, being able to acknowledge your issues. makes all the difference and you know i think this really does uh, the example of your grandparents does uh i think speak to generational differences because i think in the generation after them say the baby boomer generation would have just divorced right or the thing or the generation after that like they come from such an old school things like well i married her i can't divorce her so we'll just hide her away right and so then i won't have to deal with it and i hope now this is this is what i really hope uh is that people that are in relationships with people with somewhat with disorders i think now that these things are more socially accepted and they're more open that people will actually work with their partner a little bit more uh to get through it like to get through the the middle illness and to get people the help that they need and deserve because we deserve fucking mental health uh help it is a basic fucking human right and it sucks that most insurance doesn't cover a lot of it so expensive you gotta pay out of pocket it is so fucking expensive and it is just as if not more important than all the stupid shit that is you can get plastic surgery Covered on insurance, yep. but you can't get therapy. Right? How fucked up is that? <laughs> it's so fucked like, up. Like that, especially is... dealing with the violence in our culture nowadays. Mm. Where it's like, don't you think that would help? 
if yeah. there was man, if, make it mandatory. I feel like even in middle school, they should make it mandatory that like because that's where I mean, that's not where it starts. I mean, you're born with mm. these issues, but that's when it starts to manifest really. Unless you're severely troubled, yeah. then it manifests much earlier. But that's around the time when you're dealing with your body changing, and that's when it really kicks in. Yeah, and then it gets progressively worse, and like more toward in like in your twenties is when it settles into your body but i just feel like they should they should force middle schoolers to talk to people i wouldn't i would say that it would be helpful for them to talk to people i don't know if it should be mandatory though i guess not because that sounds a little uh, a little too orwellian too, like, for my taste communist yeah <laughs> i don't know i also kind of believe in forced birth control but that's yeah. a whole other story <laughs> i kind of believe in that too yeah that's uh, another and thing that it's like does kind of segue into our next question ah yes yeah it, it really it it really very much does all right starts off Hey, Marcus and Jackie, you guys rock. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote to you once before to tell you how much your show has helped me in my struggle with mental health. You even gave me a shout out on Roundtable, which was awesome. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Roundtable. Roundtable of gentlemen. We're both on it. (laughs) Unfortunately, this email concerns a very heavy question for the two of you. I've talked to my therapist about it, but I would also like the opinion of people much closer to my own age. My cousin, who is 18, recently lost a child after a few months when her boyfriend shook the baby while he was alone watching her. He's currently in jail in Illinois on murder charges. As crazy as it sounds, this has seemed to have absolutely zero effect on my cousin. She says she is still in love with him, has tried to raise money for his bail after he confessed to the police about shaking the baby 10 to 15 times and is now talking about how she wants to have another child. My family, of course, wants nothing to do with the boyfriend, but are too kind and loving to believe my cousin could have anything to do with this situation because of her actions uh, in defending her boyfriend and the aloof attitude about the loss of her child it doesn't seem to me like a state of shock for her but rather her just not caring i no longer consider her part of my family and can no longer tolerate to be around her this has led to multiple family members being upset with me for refusing to attend family functions when i know she will be there this year for christmas i visited with everyone separately rather than attending our traditional dinner party my question for you is do you think i am overreacting by refusing to have anything to do with my cousin and how should i deal with the family members who are upset with me also although a few family members are upset with me others completely understand it even if they don't agree with my method of dealing with it sorry for the long email thank you guys for everything you do and please keep up the awesome podcast i don't think you're overreacting in the slightest no in fact (laughs) i'm proud of you that you even went to see the rest of the family because I don't know if I would. Really? And not not the people that are supporting her. Yeah. I don't think. I I think that she is. I mean, let's go to start with the eighteen year old. Mm-hmm. She is completely misguided. She doesn't. She's understand. an idiot. She's an idiot. Yeah. I didn't want to say idiot, but you know, she's <laughs> I'm not go even. Ahead and a, say it for you. She's, idiot. <laughs> she's not. I feel like when I first started reading this email, I was like. You know, not that I'm saying that this is good at all, but the first thing I thought of was maybe she felt like, well, I'm free. Like I shouldn't have had that child and now it was unfortunate circumstances, but now I don't have to deal with something that I had made a mistake over, Mm. which if you feel that way, give your child up for adoption. I'm not saying this is okay, (laughs) but it's the fact that she wants to have another child means that she wants fucking attention. 
That's all that she wants. I bet that all of the thing with the bail, with her boyfriend and everything, is attention. Yeah. It's all about that. Now that all of the eyes are on her, and it's probably what she always fucking wanted. Because that's, I'm not saying all people, but people that have children with, it seems like maybe an abusive boyfriend, too young, you know, sometimes they're trapped, sometimes they... They don't feel like anyone pays attention to them. And who I don't know how long they were together, but if they had been together from a young age, that's also something that, you know, she just wanted that attention. Yeah. And it seems like that's what a lot of it is. And that's probably what the aloofness is, is that she's just getting what she wants, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It means that she's it's terrifying. It's a that, terrible person. It's that, uh, you know, old like sociopath test where they <laughs> say like uh, you go to someone's fu- the funeral of uh, like a like go to someone's funeral uh and they're the it's a mother and the son shows up and you really want to see him again how do you see them again and the answer is kill the father and you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so if they say kill the father then they sociopaths yeah yes. yeah and they have problems that kind of sounds like i mean i'm not saying she's a sociopath or anything but if you're aloof about your child being shaken to death and you still love the person who killed your child and are actively trying to get them out of prison, then there's something really, there's something wrong. I mean, it's, I think and it it could be that she is so locked into this because some people do get a form of Stockholm syndrome when when they're in an abusive relationship uh, where they feel like they can't, live without that person the abuser makes the abusee feel like that they cannot survive without them and that they will never be able to live life without them at all and especially in that situation where she would see the baby as something that would just come in between them Mm -hmm. and if he hated the baby enough to kill it then it was some it's this weird thing where you wouldn't think that a mother's uh, that a mother's love would be overtaken by a love for a fucking scumbag but sometimes it when is when the wiring isn't right, especially you know your your child dies. I, I've never had a child before, but seems to be especially with the way my mother has been in other situations of like us in abusive relationships or things like that. That like it's visceral, mm-hmm. and that in most situations that she probably would have tried to kill her boyfriend yeah. for killing her child. It is something that is so animalistic. And the fact that she did not feel that way and that if she, the fact that if maybe she had let it happen, which it's kind of seems like that's what you're alluding to, there's got to be a way to stop her from not having another child. Yeah. Definitely. And then cut her out. She wants to go. She wants to get him out of jail. She wants to do all those things. I think you're doing the right thing. I think it's very peaceful and showing your point of like, then I will not associate with her because it's she's just going. She's going to go down a deep hole. Yeah. The only the the problem I have though is like cutting out, like not going to family functions where she's going to be there. Yeah. That, that I think is. I think that's going a little bit far. Although I do understand because Christmas had probably had just happened, so I understand where you're yeah. coming from. You probably didn't want to see her at all. Yeah. I mean, I understand that if it, if it's like very soon and like a very like fresh wound for you because you actually sound like a good person. Yes. You know, it's like you sound like an ap- empathetic person. Uh, but in my own family. I have a relative who I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say what he did because it's a very private 
sure. family thing. You know, it's a, it's a very it's you know I'll talk about almost any. This is. I will say I I will say this is the only thing I will not talk about on air because it's that bad and it's that fucked up. Uh, And this person, what he did happened almost thirty years ago. I would say it. it I was I think I was two or three when it happened, Uh, and he didn't show up at family functions for twenty five years. Wow. And maybe not twenty five. I think about twenty years was when he popped back up in my early twenties. Uh, and he, uh, I didn't know that he was still in the family. Like I thought he had been kicked out of the family completely. Uh, and then one day it's just, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so called me and apologized. He's going to be back at family functions again. And I knew about this. I knew what had happened. How does your family interact with him? We tolerate him because we have to. We just, we don't like, mostly I avoid him. And my family, like my immediate family, just avoids him. And just like we don't, we don't want anything to do with him. But we have to because he's family, right? You know, it's because he's. Do still, other members of the, your outer family like welcome him? No one welcomes him. He just comes. He's just he's there, yeah. and we have to deal with it. We we just have to, uh, and it, it's especially like strong among. Like me and my brothers and the people who are like closest Closely. to us and like the cousins that are closest to us in in our family. Uh, but actually, and- that shows like the difference between like that situation and the situation we were talking about with the um, writer is that he took himself out of the situation, and now mm-hmm. that he's back into it, and you not like the writer, the guy that wrote in that. If you don't show up at functions and things like that, then you're the one that's ostracized. Exactly. And you're the one that's taking yourself out of the family. And you're there with your family as support with dealing with this person. He has to be here. So we're strong together. And that's how we deal with it. Right. Like we, we do it. Uh, we do it together and, and we rather don't than, like right yeah rather than bring it uh rather than making a big deal out of it because that's what you're doing right now you're making a big deal out of it you're which is also understandable right at first i un- think totally understandable right at first but you're making a scene you're making things harder for your family your family already has to deal with this crazy bitch right like they already have to be uh they have to listen to her and deal with the crazy shit that she does. Uh, And by you not being there, you're taking something away from your family and you're taking away the support that you could provide to be, or that you could provide in what is obviously a hard time. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, and of course this is my situation was different because it was literally 20 years removed from the incident. Right. Uh, But still, I mean, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. It it. doesn't change. And it, 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 I can't. I can't look at him without thinking about it. Uh, yeah. None of us can. Um, and it's something that we've just had to deal with over the years. And, and it sounds like you're going to have to kind of deal with that same thing because your your cousin does not sound like a pleasant person to be around. No. Uh, and I guess. And you know what? It could be. It could be that you know that this listener has a. It may have had at one point a strong connection to this cousin. Right. May have had. But you do. One. I mean, your cousins. It depends yeah. on how close you are. I'm not very. I'm not close to any of my cousins. Yeah, but. I'm very close to a lot of my right. cousins. Yeah, like very, very close. And I could understand if something like this happened with one of my cousins. If they had that kind of change like that, uh, like it would be extremely hurtful. 
and it would fuck me up should something like that happen. Yeah. And I would, I think I would pull back quite a bit. And it could be that you're just feeling like extreme disappointment uh, for this person yeah. and, and you don't really want to. Also sad for throwing your life away because it seems like she's on the path of throwing her life away too. Oh, she's trying as hard as she can. Yeah. Like she's trying real fucking hard. But I would have to say that when you were, you had asked about ways to deal with the your relatives that are are upset with you for how you've been acting. I know I don't know if this sounds silly, but I, I watched my mother do this with her brothers that she doesn't speak to anymore. Um, but she sent them letters, like handwritten letters of just like, "Hey, I know that you're upset with me with how I've been dealing with these things, but I just needed to clear the air and communicate that it has nothing to do with you, and that I still love you, and I want to be a part of this family, and I'm sorry." for pulling myself out of Christmas. I'm sorry for doing those things. I don't mean to add more on to your back, but that you just need to hear me Mm -hmm. because it seems like, especially if they're upset with you, how you're reacting, and if they're supporting your cousin at the same time, they need to hear why it is that you feel the way that you do. You know, Mm -hmm. and I really think that sometimes I do the same thing even in my relationship. If I don't know how to talk to him about something, I write it in a letter and I write it down and I send it to him. And then you can actually think about it and formulate your thoughts. And I think that a way of reaching out to them and and really trying to communicate would definitely ease the tension in the air and maybe get them to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And see what she is doing and what she has done as wrong. And something that should be tried, try to change her for the future, because she doesn't seem like someone that you can even like. In an, in another way, I feel like if I were close to her, I'd try to fucking knock the sense into her. Yeah. But it seems like she might be a little too delusional right now to even have the sense knocked into her. That's the word. And it's I think that you know if you can either encourage her family that is supporting her to talk to someone or seek any kind of help. She needs to have it drilled into her head mm-hmm. that she's not acting okay. Yep. Yeah, I think that's about it. All right. All right next letter. Fuck. <laughs> I just I when I read that earlier, I was just like, oh my god! I was like, fucking shaking a child. Uh. I just don't like. It makes me so upset. It just makes me so. It, it, you're throwing away. Your life, you're throwing away, like, you're an idiot. I don't know how anyone can do that. How? Uh, I really don't, especially ones on child. I just don't, I don't get that at all. No, and I understand being upset. I understand all of those things, but you don't take it out on the child. Mm. And it's just, that's what I was saying about forced birth control, or at least some kind of psychiatric assessment before you're allowed to have a child (laughs) (laughs) you know i just i know it's terrible i know it's like a communist thing but it's like i feel like are you do you think that like the baby should live in the oven no (laughs) you don't have a baby like it's actually fascist not communist oh i'm sorry excuse me Mm -hmm. you're a nazi (laughs) (laughs) all right okay I'm not German. I'm Polish. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, you were. Then what I'm are you one, doing? I'm, you were one of the I'm crossing people. the river. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to our uh, last last sure, question. Let's do. Let's take this one like one one at a time. Or you know what? I don't know. We're we're pretty far in here. You want to save this one? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, we're gonna save this one uh, for next week because this is a big one. It's a big one. I it, got. I got things to say. Yeah, it's. <laughs> we all got. We all got things to say about this one. If you're listening, uh, JT, you are up next. Yeah, oh, man. The docket. Please listen next week because, like yeah, we said, we got some things to say. You need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Have a good day. Talk to you next week. Oh, and if you have any questions, kfcomedyradio.gmail.com. Yeah, thank you for the questions this week, guys. Yes. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Goodbye.